rental management? How's Advent? Um, it's interesting right now. Advent's good. Um, Advent's always been great. Um, I was going to say easy, but I think easy was kind of the wrong word. Um, for me, it's always been just a really, like, it's just been a really great business. It's always been. You're good at it. I, I, I guess I'm good at, I'm good at surrounding myself with really good people. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, so Advent's always, has always been sort of this sort of, it, it's always kind of managed itself and it's always kind of like kept afloat and it's always just been really consistent and really, um, really strong. And I've got a second company, Veda, and it's, you know, I guess, uh, I guess when you have like this, this experience that was so great that you think you're going to replicate it. And this one's a little bit more of a struggle. Why? <laughs> um, people? I think people, I think the clients as well. I've had, um, well, tell us what Veda does. I know what, tell everyone else. Uh, Veda does multifamily residential and commercial properties. Or a developer that wants to lease up a whole building. Yeah, that, or, um, a building owner that, uh, doesn't want to manage themselves or is not happy with their management. We take over the management for them. We're dealing with a lot of sort of family, um, owned businesses, um, oh, buildings that have been passed on to like children and grandchildren. Um, just that is kind of, you know, this, the, this market of, of ownership that's sort of passing away and leaving these properties to family members that don't really want to deal with them. So that's where we step in. So we, we step in and manage those properties. Um, and they're, they're complicated and, um, you know, people, these, they're not, uh, necessarily, uh, savvy in the building management ownership sort of space and their grandparents or whoever they're, you know, left it to them had always taken care of everything. So it's, it's a bit of a, an education process and it's, yeah, it's, it's a little bit more difficult. I bet some of the, some of the tenants are trouble too. I bet the grandparents left in some tenants that have been there for a long time and had special circumstances. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and they're well entrenched, right? It's yeah, they're well entrenched paying like, you know, five, six hundred bucks a month and they're hoarders and they're yeah, difficult. Yeah. And the grandparents, uh, previous owners just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. They didn't want to deal with it. Or it's like, oh no, he's such a nice guy. He pays his rent on time every month and it's all good. Yeah. It's like, but you haven't been in his apartment for 27 years. <laughs> it's and, not all good. And it's not all good. Like it's, it's those sorts of things. So, um, yeah. And a lot of, you know, previous tenants that took advantage of the age of the owner and, and those situations. So now that we're going in, we're, we're getting pushback from those tenants and very defensive attitudes. And they just like it, how it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It was easy totally. before to get what they wanted and, to, yeah, to not have to, uh, account for themselves. So, yeah, it's, uh, so it's a, it's, it's a little bit more difficult. We've had, you know, some staffing issues there because it is a harder job. It's a more difficult job, but I think we're pretty settled now. I know it because I was in it for a while. Mm -hmm. I started a rental management company in, in 2009 because I saw, um, I saw really, I saw things happen. So I was in the condo marketing business and I would see like a building uh, sell out and then get completed um, and then tenanted by really bad tenants. Like I didn't know that, you know, I never expected in a brand new condo tower that there would be prostitution or grow ups or something like that. I just said, I had no idea. And, and it felt like such a shame that a developer goes to so much work over years to plan and design this thing and then mm -hmm. pre-sell it and then have it built. And it's a, five or 10 year saga and only to have it sort of ruined by bad tenants because the activities of those tenants would obviously get reported on the strata minutes mm -hmm. and then as issues, obviously. And then every yeah. new buyer, every potential buyer, first thing they do is read the strata minutes and then find out about all these issues in the building. Mm -hmm. And then that drives down demand, which drives down the resale price. All yeah. of the investors in the building are sort of not happy because now it's a bad building and the, and the resale values are going down, not, not up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I thought that that ain't right. You know, we should do a, provide rental management services to make sure that these, these sort of amateur investors that are buying these condos 
have have a ready option to have them professionally managed so this doesn't happen. Yeah, and that's where that's where Advent came in in 2006. That's why I started. Well, the reason I started Advent was because I worked for um, a developer in their property management division for years, and um, I think Advent came around from um, my need to not answer to authority, but also to <laughs> which is just. No, I'm not very good at doing as I'm told. Um, <laughs> I like to do things my own way. And um, but I, I, I came from a, a, a company where um, the property managers were highly micromanaged. And I do not excel in a system where I'm micromanaged and every moment of my day is, you know, judged and 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 um, and spied on and and. Yeah. So that's how, that's how, like, I knew that there was a need because I worked in a, in a company that had, you know, 800 plus units that they were managing in the condo market, mostly for one developer. So obviously there were a number of other developers out there, a number of other buildings that were, that didn't have that, um, expertise at their doorstep. So, um, that's where, that's when I started, I started Advent. Um, and it, it was basically in 2006. Um, and then in 2008, 2009, with the mortgage crisis and the huge uprise and people couldn't resell their properties, um, it was just timing. I probably, in the first month of all of that kind of hitting the fan, I think I signed like 40 or 50 new properties and we were overwhelmed and I was hiring people and we just, and it just sort of took off from there. So, um, but that was, you know, that was, uh, probably just around the time that you saw a need in the industry there. And there was up until recently, very little competition and now everybody's doing it. So mm -hmm. you've got to, you've got to really, stand out. You've got to really do things differently. And I think that we do. Um, we do things a lot differently than, than other property management companies. Yeah. We, You're great. Yeah. That's why I've given you so many properties. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I'm terrible at it. We're not, we're out of the business because, mm -hmm. uh, it's hard because it's so hard. And it's, so hard. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's one of those kind of jobs I don't like. Like I like to be amazing. And <laughs> I find with that type of work that you either, if you do it amazing, well, you do it just how it ought to have been done, mm -hmm. you know, and, or you do it wrong. You know, it's either like, yeah. you know, doing a great job means that, you know, we didn't have to bother anyone. No one had to call us. There was no issues. It's sort of just like a zero yeah. in terms of performance or there's some big issue or mistake or problem that's, that nobody wants. And, and I have PTSD from being in the tech industry on the sort of, uh, network support services side of things mm -hmm. where everything was like a triage managed crisis, data loss, you know, data recovery, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I'm, I'm a damaged person. So I can't <laughs> do any of that kind of work anymore. I have to focus on stuff that's, uh, um, uh, different, you know, I think, yeah. uh, where there's a chance to outperform an expectation or something like that. Yeah. I think that, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm a great property manager. I'd be, I'm, 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 I'm savvy about myself t enough to know that that there are definitely better property managers than me because I am not the most there's so many things going on in property management and rentals and um you have to be on top of everything and super organized and like everything has to be you you have to be very consistent and I'm I'm so, you know, I can do that, but it takes effort for me to do that. It's effortless for some people. I have a couple of my property managers who it's just effortless. Like they are just organized people. They have, everything is color coordinated. Everything is like in its place where it's supposed to be scheduled on time. Like they're just really organized and you have to be, you've got so many, um, you know, property management is all about sort of crisis management because nothing you try and be as proactive as, as you, as you can, but when it comes right down to it, we're always just reacting 
you know, this is broken, that's broken. There's a flood. Here's a, a leak. Like it's, it's all just very reactive. So you have to be in control of your schedule, your time, your, your properties to, to know, to be able to deal with those things as they come up and not have it snowball the rest of your, your world. So, um, what I am good at is, uh, I have really great property managers. I have really great systems in place. And that's because I have a sister that I know, I knew in 2009 when I was finally just at the point of growth where I needed to, I needed more support. Um, she, um, she, I brought her on and she helped keep me in, um, in check. So she really, she really kept, um, she put all the systems in place. She helped to design, um, she helped to design, um, our database. She designed all of our systems. She wrote all of our policy manuals and everything that happens in, in our company happens for a reason. Everything that needs to be done is done within a system and, because we have all these really strong systems in place, it's really hard to miss anything. So we, you know, we are able to catch some of those things that would often fall through the cracks. And so I think what I'm really good at is putting this team together. I, I mentor cause I can answer all those questions cause I've been doing this for so long. Um, so I train and mentor all of our agents and I'm there for, I step in quite a bit. So I'm, not afraid to go show units or, or do move-ins and move-outs. Like I will step in wherever needed. I am not someone that, you know, leads from above at all. And, um, and that comes from, again, having like working for people my whole life that were not very good at being leaders. They were bosses and they were you know, so when I started Advent, I wanted everybody to enjoy working there and I wanted them to think I was part of the team and not treat me like the boss. And so that's, I think, how I created such a great system of property management because we all work together. We're all a team. We have each other's backs and you need that because there's so much going on. Yeah. Must be a beautiful thing when, when everything's running so smoothly. You got good people in place and and any issues that come up are just being dealt with, you know, efficiently. And uh, so it's a wonderful business in that regard, right? It's a, it's a, it's a system of processes. It's a beautiful yeah. harmony that can be achieved. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And when things are, when things are, are, are clicking and when they're working, they, they work really well. You advertise on buses a lot. I think a lot of people <laughs> have seen you on the buses. Is it true that, um, that is like performed really well for you. I, I remember asking somebody about yeah. it and uh, I think you'd told them that, yeah, it's been, been a great way to keep your brand out in front of people. Yeah. It's performed really well. Um, we rarely get somebody going, calling or saying, Oh, I saw your ad on the bus. Although we do. Um, but I think for brand recognition, um, I think Advent has that brand recognition because it has been, sort of driving around the city for many, many years. Totally. We also stop them. We stop them quite often. And here's a little trick. If uh, if you have an advertisement on the bus and you stop them and there's no advertisement to put in their place, they don't, they don't take it off. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> so so I think there's still a couple of buses out there with our advertisement on them. And for sure. we're not actually paying for them right now yeah. because they didn't have anything to put in their place. Um they don't want to have a blank white space mm -hmm. on the bus. They don't. They don't. Um, it has. It's performed really well for us, I think. Um, between that and we used to have little minis that were all kitted out with Advent signs all over them. Advent's had some really good brand recognition that way. Um, did you go away from the cars, the brand new cars? Yeah, we did. Um, the leases came up and we just never. Yeah, we have yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So the lease came up on the one and... Um, yeah, it was sort of during COVID and cars were costing a fortune. So we, we bought it out because we could sell it for more than we bought it out for. So um, that was the only one we've ever bought out. So we have one. I sold to Tribe. Have you ever mm -hmm. uh, talked to those guys or considered yeah. selling? Um, 
I haven't considered selling. I've I've tried partnerships. I'm not very good at them. I'm I I don't think because they've not worked. Um, but maybe that's not me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not you in terms of like your of your the, jam. Or, it didn't work. I don't know yeah. if it was me or the other stuff. I you know I just know that it wasn't working. So we we got out of the partnership. Um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I've I've you know considered it on those bad days where you're like I can't you know do this. Everybody's had those days. Um, but uh, but I don't know if I I don't know what I do. <laughs> I love what I do. I love going to work and I love my staff and I, I, you know, I work with my sister every day and I know that, you know, all this to some people that might sound like, oh my God. Um, I work with my partner every day as well, although he works from home and I work from the office. So we're not right in each other's faces, but it's nice. Like I've, you know, that's, that's cool. it's kind of like, yeah, it's family. It's, it's good. We, every Friday we all you know, the whole, everybody comes in the office and we all have lunch together. Like it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a nice place to be. It's not like work most of the time. That's so, cool. you know, I guess there's always that, you know, would you sell? I mean, I think I'll step back a little bit. Like I said, maybe spend a little more, more time at some peaks and a little less time in the city and a little less time in the office. But, um, no, and you, you'd asked about tribe 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 is because there's strata management um, they, uh, we, we do deal with them quite a bit. So, uh, we have, uh, 950 or 60 units, almost all entirely in condo. So in strata buildings. So we deal with strata management companies. I don't know how many different buildings there are, but there's like hundreds of them. Mm -hmm. So we deal with all the different strata management companies and tribe's been one of them for sure. Um, they started out strong. They did a lot of growth. They had a little dip in between, and um, and I think they're back on track. They're 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 one of the better um, strata management companies that we deal with daily. Why did they dip? I think they just when they bought Gateway and they bought all these other companies. Yeah, I think it was pains. just growing pains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and happens. Yeah, it happens. It's hard. It's hard to have big growth in a company and still keep. You know, keep your, mm -hmm. keep the ball in the air all the time. Yeah. Just getting everyone's systems congruent, yeah. you know, yeah, and, and technologies yeah. and all that. Yeah. And then the right people, keeping the right people, letting go of the right people, those sorts of things, um, I think would be difficult, but they're, they're great now. They're doing, they're, it was a small, it was a small blip, but. Uh, they're doing rental management too. They are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Gateway did a lot of rental management. Mm -hmm. I think they did a fair amount. Mm -hmm. Buildings, big buildings. So you said there's a lot of competition now. Everyone's doing it. Every every realtor brokerage and yeah, lots of realtors doing property management. I get a lot of realtors asking me if they can hang their license with me to do property management. We don't we don't um, we don't employ our our agents that way. We don't have. They're not on contract. Um, they're all employees. They're all salaried. I don't like competition between staff. Um, I want to work as a team. And I think that if everybody's trying to get, you know, the business from each other, it's, uh, it doesn't create that, that team atmosphere. I want everybody working together. So, so we just, we, we have employees, salaried property managers that, you know, are bonused well, and that works you know, they're, they're bonused on their own performance and not on, you know, how much they did. So it's kind of a different, it's a different way, um, than a lot of other property management companies where it'd be more, more like a Remax where you hang your license and you build your own portfolio and, um, yeah, I'd say that's the norm. Mm -hmm. So why have you gone the other way? Why employees, salaried employees? Um, because, I think that it's easier for our brand to be consistent. It's easier for our, um, it's, it's better for our clients because there is no competition. Um, we all work together to make sure that the client is happy. Um, also that I know our clients as a client, you know, that you can call our office, you can talk to 
Amy, your property manager, or you can talk to Andrea, who's the operations manager, or you can talk to, you know, our accounts manager, there's Eileen in customer service, there's Miranda in customer service. Like we, we all know, and we can all uh, service that one client. Whereas if you are renting your property with a real estate agent who does property management on the side, don't call the office because they don't know. They don't know. Yeah. You know, and if your realtor goes on holidays and leaves your portfolio with somebody they're you're not their main interest. It's their clients that they're going to, um, they're, they're going to, 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 you know, give their, their first attention to their, you know, better attention to. So, um, I just felt like we were servicing the client better that way. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. This felt great from, from my side. Mm -hmm. I get it. You know, it's, uh, it's just not the norm. I think it's part of what makes, uh, makes it unique what you're doing. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it's definitely unique. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it's good because we can, we can foster and grow, um, our property manager's skills. We can support them. We can, and we have a lot to offer as well. Um, you know, we do have the multifamily residential side. So if they want to expand into commercial or multifamily residential, you know, they can, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of options there for them, but for the most part, um, our property managers in Advent, uh, love what they do. You know, it's, uh, they don't have to deal with building systems. If the ceiling, if the roof is leaking, they call the strata corporation. <laughs> like it's a lot easier to, to deal with, um, with the bigger issues uh, when you're just managing a unit in a condo. Mm -hmm. So when you're managing a building and the systems start, you know, going, then you're, you're responsible for the whole. So it's a, it's a bit of a different, it's a different management. Yeah, totally. I get that it's easier too. It's uh, so much, uh, you know, condos are generally newer too, yep. as opposed to the old, old apartment buildings or the other types of buildings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tenants are different too. Better. Um, Yeah better and less, um, I don't know, there's this, there's a difference in, in attitude with con in if somebody moves into an apartment building and they're moving in to live there for life, or they've lived there for like 10 or 15 years, you know, there's a, I don't know, more of a feeling of, of ownership and entitlement, entitlement. <laughs> yeah. I read your mind. <laughs> that word yeah. entitled. I didn't want to use that, but yeah, it is an entitlement Yeah, that, uh, that makes it difficult to deal with them. So what about vacancy? What is the vacancy rate today? Oh my god. Is it gosh. less than 1%? Yeah, it's probably less than 1%. Um it's or close to 1%. It depends on where you're looking. Um we had this run of ridiculous rents just recently and it's it's dropped off the like it's dropped. It's not where it was like uh, even a month ago. Really? What changed? Yeah. I think people are just tightening their purse strings just that much more. And I think people are looking into, and I know it's only October, so we haven't even seen Halloween yet, but we're coming into, um, you know, the, the Christmas holiday season. And I think people are just like hunkering down and not moving um, and not really doing and they're also becoming very sort of savvy in, and they're, they're looking very closely at what they're renting. And, um, so we've brought some rental rates down across the board. Um, so we're getting some more attention, but it's, yeah, it's, things are sitting a little bit longer than they should be. Vacancies are going up for us a little bit. So we're having to be very competitive with rates. Where's the best place to get rental data? But rates, vacancy, that kind of thing. You know, it's hard. There's no one place. CMHC has CMHC has some some good information. Um, it's really based in multifamily residential, though. So when you're talking about condo rentals or single family homes, I think it's a little bit different. Um, there's no one place. I mean, we know. We know the market because we live it and feel it every day. But if I was telling an owner where to go to look for all this information, it is, it is really, nothing's really centralized. Do you subscribe to anything or do you just look at your own thousand units for the information? 
Um, I used to subscribe to some things and I do, I do read a lot of the, um, uh, information that comes out of the CMHC reports and those things, you know, every quarter. Um, but no, I just really, we just really go by what's going on in our own portfolio in our own worlds. We don't look, we don't really, yeah, we don't really, uh, we always find that the information that's put out is too little too late because anything right now that was put out that was, you know, anything researched over the last three months will come out, you know, probably in the next month um, for the third quarter. And we're already in a different market. So everything that was happening in July, August, September, and in the third quarter is obsolete today because things can change that quickly in the rental market. It's not quite the same as the sales market where it, it just like it slowly ebbs up and it'll slowly. And then, you know, once in a while you'll get one of those terrible crashes, but that's not as common. Um, whereas in rental management, it'll rental it, the market goes up really quickly and it comes down really quickly. Really? I think most people would assume it was more steady. No, it's not really more steady. Not, not from what, uh, not from what we've experienced. It, it will, it'll stay steady for a long time, but then it'll drop really quickly or it will rise really quickly. And it, it's those little ups and downs. It does generally stay steady for a, usually a while, but then when rental rates go up drastically, like they did over the last few months, they, they generally will even themselves even out and come down. So we, we were seeing some of our, some of our apartments increasing by when they turned at the turnover, increasing by 800 to $1,200 a month. Holy cow. And that's just not like, that's just, you know, that's not sustainable. So now they've sort of even mellowed out and they're probably, um, those same apartments if they were to rent today, which luckily they rented three months ago, two months ago, would probably be looking at a, maybe a four or $500 increase. Yeah. So four or $500, is that typically, you say increase, is that over one year or a tenancy is typically one year or is that somebody that? No, over a few has, years, somebody yeah. that has been in is there a for a three-year-old rate. Yeah. Probably yeah. a three-year-old. Yeah. Most of our tenancies um, on average last about 18 months. We have yeah. some tenants that have been in our units for, for a lot longer, but on average they... You know, you, and you want that turnover. I know that some owners are like, no, no, no. I want a long-term tenant. I want somebody to stay, but you don't because the longer they stay, the more under market they are. If, you know, if we turn over and increase your rent two or $300 every time, even if it's, you know, 60 or $75, it doesn't, you know, even that is more than the, even is more than the, uh, than the legislated you know, 3.5% that they're, that they're allowing us to, to do. That's is 3.5, the, uh, inflation rate. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they peg it. Right. Yeah. It used to be, no, it, it's, it used to be inflation rate, but it's, it's not because the inflation rate was closer to five or just over five. And then they decided 3.5 was enough. Yeah. It's arbitrary. It used to be, a, it used to be inflation plus 2%. And then they went, oh, no, 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 that's way too much. And so they said, just inflation, just the inflation rate, yeah. which was okay, I guess, for them when it was, when I say them, for the government, the legislature, legislature that that they, they did a 1.5% increase when it was, when low. the inflation rate was low. But then when the inflation rate rent went up, they were like, oh, no, no, wait. <laughs> yeah. That's too, too much. Too much, too high. Yeah, that's too high. So 3.5% is what they landed on. Huh. And is that, it's that for the foreseeable future? Is there no formula related to that? No, no formula related to that as far as like until inflation goes down below 3.5. And then I don't know it, they yeah. just decide every year, every year in September, they give us the number. Oh, is it, does it change every year? Mm -hmm. So is that as of last September, the number is 3.5? No, as of this September. So it's 3.5 for next year, not this year. This okay. year was 1.5. I see next year being 2024. So any turnovers in calendar year 2024, they, the rents can go up 
yeah. 3.5%. Yeah. So if we have rental increases that are, that we're doing like November and December, we just put them off. Yeah. We put them off till January. That's crazy. You know what? How many landlords have a variable mortgage <laughs> and their mortgage payment went yeah, up? So thousand dollars. Yeah. So one of the things we have been, um, we've been, uh, doing lately is there is, um, there is a clause now in the residential tenancy act that allows us to negotiate rental rates, which we never were able to before midterm. Um, yeah, anytime. Really? As long as it's not, as long as it's been a year since the last rental rent increase. I see. So, um, if a tenant is paying, uh, two thousand, well, I'll use an example of a tenant at one of our buildings. Um, he wanted new appliances because his appliances were like 45 years old. They yeah. were terrible, but they worked, Yeah. but they were terrible and they were rusted all on the outside and, but they worked perfectly fine. I think they weren't, you know, they weren't broken, but you know, they weren't probably working the best that they should be. But, uh, so, you know, he was paying like $700 a month in rent and like the landlord just can't afford to buy new appliances. So we negotiated a rent increase. The tenant now pays $1,100 a month in rent and we got him new appliances. And in eight months, that'll be $400 a month, you know, that, that the landlord is going to bank because the, it paid for the appliances the first eight months. Yeah. So we're able to negotiate increases and another only when know, there's a substantial change to the if there's a subs home. no no not if there's a not only mm -hmm. um we can just basic we have said basically the owners you know are basically facing um interest rates that are making the ownership of this property and continuing to to um act as a landlord uh just impossible it's it's you know not cost effective this is you know not financially viable they are looking to sell the property or, or yeah. Interesting. Market values, 3000. You're currently paying 2200. How's 2750 sound? And the owner agrees not to sell. Um, they, you sign a one year lease and they agree not to sell for one year. Yeah. That's good. I didn't know that. I didn't know you could do that. You can, you were never, you weren't able to before. Um, I think the, the new rule came in February, 2023. Well, what do they call it? Um, they don't, it's just a very sneaky clause under, under, um, uh, rent increase, yeah, under rent just increases. a description of a circumstance yeah. where this could yeah. be okay. That it is okay to negotiate as long as both parties agree. And there's certain, um, there's certain specific things that have to be written into the letter, which is like the calculation of how you came to that. Like it, it's very simple. Yeah. There doesn't have to be any reason or any specified reason. It just has to be agreed by both parties and, and set out very clearly. And it's just one of those things that the, that was changed in the legislation, but was for some reason just quietly put in. Yeah. And unless you are a complete geek like me and you read the residential tenancy act updates all the time, <laughs> you don't know this. So yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. So that's if it's good news for landlords. I don't know who wouldn't use a rental manager, like who, what individual could stay on top of all that stuff and do it themselves just to save the, the, the little bit every month to. Yeah. It's, it's 8%. That's what we charge. I mean, I guess there's varied amounts, um, probably as low as, as six and maybe as high as like 10 or 12%, depending on the property management company and their structure and what you get. Um, we do a full, um, management for 8%. So we're not, you know, nickel and diming you and charging you for stamps and phone calls and, oh, you know, photocopies so and stuff like, like a lawyer's office. Totally. Oh, it was like seven photocopies. That'd be 87 50, like that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so we just charge 8% and there's no other sort of hidden fees. Um, be Beware of those property management companies that say it's only $50 a month. Because <laughs> they get you on the on the nickel and diming. They nickel and dime you, yes, because you just can't do it effectively for $50 a month. Nobody's making any money. So, 
you know, um, but yeah, you can, yeah, you have to, I don't know who would use, I use a property management. I have a, a, my, a unit up in my, in Sun Peaks and, and everybody's like, why don't you manage that yourself? I don't live there. I don't, you know, I don't, it's, it's furnished. It turns over every two days. Like it's no, Yeah. I need somebody that's available and there and can deal with problems and can, you know, and so, yeah, I hired a property management company. So have you thought about getting into furnished rentals? Short terms? No. Too much work? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it's going to be legislated against a little bit. Coming soon, the province and the yeah. feds apparently are both, both talking about it. Yeah. But did you see bill 44? No. <laughs> bill 44 was about the strata corporations and they can't put a limitation on, um, they can't put a limitation on, uh, on, um, leases that they, they can't, they can only have to be a minimum of one month. They can't say that your lease has to be a minimum of six months or one year which for me kind of flies in the face of we don't want short-term rentals. So, yeah, like I, I don't want to misspeak. I haven't read the whole thing. So, yeah. but that was the, that was the gist that I got from a conversation I had with one of my property managers. They're like, yeah, it's, and, and I, I did sort of browse the headlines, but it's, it's a one month minimum. One month minimum is normal in my experience yeah. in the condo world. Yeah. That's yeah so it very... doesn't seem to, I don't seem, I don't see how that's going to be a, well, that is a, a limit against sort of short-term rentals. Cause what against, is a month? Who rents an apartment for one month? Yeah. Like, cause you're really in short-term world, you're thinking about the vacation market. Yeah. The vacation market, but the short-term, there is a, there is an in-between the short-term market where people are here working for a month or two months at a time. Yeah. And so it's, it's that market that, but if they are looking for more long-term rental properties, then shouldn't they be min like making those, those minimum one years? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm, I'm confused about because there still is that short-term market. Like one month is still short-term, two months is short-term. I think they're like, probably okay with that term, you know, yeah. one or two months. That's somebody it's, who's place flooded and it's an insurance claim. And they but it still to takes live. away from the long-term tenancies and it takes it out of that market, which is the market they're trying to open up so that we have more affordable housing in that market. Yeah. Just trying to create more supply. Yeah. More long-term rental supply. I mean, the more supply there is, the, the rents come down. Yeah. You know, like you, I still don't, there's still not going to be, you know, there's not going to be a lot of, of, I mean, there is definitely a problem with affordable housing, but I don't think it's going to be in the condo market because you're never going to get affordable housing when people are buying properties at the rates they're buying them at the, the, the price they're buying them with the amenities and the concierge and the parking included and the lock like, and, and all of those things is you're never going to get affordable housing in that market. If it's affordable housing they're looking for, they need to be able to support the landlords like my landlords who have these aging buildings that need to have the finances or they, they need to have the cash flow to keep those buildings standing because as it stands, those buildings are being torn down to build newer buildings. And it, that, that newer product is not, then does not fall into that affordable housing. So there's, there's still something missing in the formula. No doubt. No doubt. Mm -hmm. No doubt. So, you know, when you're, when you're the problem I see, like when I try to look at the market and see the data is it's all mixed up. You see the, the brand new condos are mixed up with the 40 year old apartment buildings. And, you know, mm -hmm. I know the average, uh, rent in Canada is like $2,100 or something like that. But that's such a broad spectrum of, of product types of home types. Um, is there no source of data for, you know, just new product or, or like just condos versus like leaving out the old apartment buildings? No, no, not that I know of. Me neither. <laughs> it's a shame. What do you think the premium is that a tenant would pay? Um, all other things being equal, uh, same size home or whatever. Here's a, here's a 10 or 20 or 30 year old apartment. And here is, um, same size, brand new condo uh, with all the latest appliances and finishes and amenities downstairs and all that kind of thing. 
most or all other things being equal, what's the premium that a tenant will pay for brand new, never lived in versus used? If you were looking at a thousand square foot, two bedroom apartment in an old building without any amenities, security, no parking, you're probably looking at maybe $3 a square foot in a brand new building. You could be looking at $5 a square foot, probably Mm -hmm. somewhere thereabouts. Interesting. And how, how high do you think that will get? You know, where do you see rents going in the long term in the future? What do you look at for comparison? Are they are rents higher in the U.S. than Canada on yes. a per square foot? Yeah, that's what I they think are. too. Seattle's crazy. Yeah, I've seen the prices in Seattle. You couldn't get a a, a one bedroom in a new building for under three thousand a month, and that was four years ago. Yeah, and we're just breaking three thousand on one bedrooms now, which yeah. is. You know, but most of them probably are. And that's the U.S. compared to Canadian as well. I mean, I mean, I guess obviously you're getting paid in U.S. dollars, so it's relative. But um, probably about twenty five to three thousand is where one bedroom apartments is kind of sitting in the condo side. That's kind of where they're sitting on the apartment building side. They're well, it depends. Some of these new new we've got a a brand new apartment uh, that we're renting, uh, Upper Lonsdale. And those one bedrooms are starting at twenty five seventy five. So, but those are small junior one bedrooms. Yeah. They're under 500 square feet. Upper Lonsdale, not lower. Upper Lonsdale. In the U.S., Mike Ward from Grosvenor explained it to me once. He said in the U.S. there's a different culture as a culture of renting there mm-hmm. where people grow up in the Midwest or whatever, and everybody goes to university and then they leave and they go to some big city and they work for a couple of years. So they rent an apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they change jobs a lot. They go to a different city, uh, for a new job and they rent an apartment there and it's the culture of rental rental is, um, it's okay. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. And the idea of, of owning your home is maybe something you do later when you settle down, but most the majority of uh, of the younger working people are all renting. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I would agree that things are going that way here. Yeah, yeah. Is that a bad thing? I don't think so. Yeah, it's different. I mean, I grew up in a family where you know you own property, you just do. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if it's good or bad, but. It's different. They just, they invest their money elsewhere. They they prioritize different things. They travel, they, you know, do, you know, they just, it's a, just a different, it's just a choice. Do tenants look at the price per square foot, you know, $5 per square foot per month, or is that just something that owners look at? I think that's just something owners look at. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. I think they just look at the total rent number and just try to make the things work. And I know that there's, um, there's also um, a bit of an attitude change um, from our side in that should we should we be advertising square footages? Why? Like if you walk into, you know this, one of the, if the layout's really good and you walk into 900 square feet, it can look just as big as 700 square feet if the 700 square foot space is well appointed. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, you know, do we even bother? Like, do we not just walk in and go, you know what? This is worth X amount of dollars. Yeah. You know, be, and maybe the one next door is worth less, but maybe it's more square footage. But not like understanding that people don't like really buy, they don't really rent apartments based on square footage. Yeah. But, you know, or we walk in and going, this doesn't feel like 900 square feet. <laughs> Yeah, I think people care more about the functionality. Exactly. Obviously, how many bedrooms, being an obvious one, how many bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. What about the amenities in the building? Do people pay, do tenants pay more for good amenities or do they not care? Um, I think that people care about amenities and they will pay a little more for amenities. But then I, I feel like most of them don't actually use them. I think it's just something they want. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe they want, maybe it makes you feel like you have, like you're getting some sort of value for your money. Yeah. Or, oh, I can drop the gym membership, right? Save that money. Save that money and time and going, you know, I never go there. You know, I'll use it because it's downstairs. 
Mm-hmm. And that doesn't always happen. I would, either. I would, I would definitely, if I was a tenant, I would definitely pay a premium for, I would for a good gym and amenities, get to know people, have the convenience of it. That'd yeah. See, awesome. I would just put my headphones on us. <laughs> Just like not talk to me. Just hold down your cardio <laughs> and back up to your up to your condo. Up to my condo, yeah, yeah. So I know that's my choice. My choice. I'm going to have to rent something in the city soon because I'm not going to buy something right away. And then I'm so I'm just keep thinking about you know I need my gym because I have a gym in my house right now which is really spoiled, and uh, but yeah, I, that's important to me. So yeah. I will pay for it. So I guess it, it really matters what's important to the tenant. Yeah. So it's hard to be a landlord nowadays, especially with interest rates where they are, you know, trying to buy a condo, buy a new condo and, uh, and rent it out and cover all of your mortgage payment, your strata fees, property taxes. It's a tall yeah, order. It is a tall order. I always tell people, you know what, if you're, if you're covering your costs, what I mean by costs is if you're covering your property taxes you're covering your um, interest on your mortgage. You're covering your utilities, your city utilities, or whatever it is that your costs are to hold this property. Anything that goes towards your principal is bonus. And if you're paying out of your pocket, but it's not more than your principal, then you're paying your principal, then like you're saving, you're saving money. You're basically borrowing for free. Yeah. So that's kind of how you have to sell it to people sometimes is that, you know, if it's not costing you anything, then you're ahead of the game. And if it's putting a few dollars in your pocket, even though it's taking a few dollars out, it's actually going to your principal. You're, you're, you're good. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of getting people to wrap their heads around that. Wow. I mean, I hear you. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's been my experience owning rental properties here. Yeah. It's just, it's just not, not really normal. If you look at, you know, the broader investment rental markets, you know, you're looking for, um, a return, you know, a positive cash flow opportunity yeah. coming from yeah. rental. And that's just not the reality in our market. Luckily, appreciation has been so strong that people have done really well with that part of it. Exactly. I mean, I don't think that you're doing these things for, you know, a quick buck anymore. Like you're not turning them over. You're not, you're not, you know, buying them and, 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 you know, renting them for a few years and then selling them at a big profit. Like it's just not, you're probably pay, playing a bit of a longer game if you're investing right now. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think, I think there's still good opportunities to buy pre-sale and, yeah. and sell for a profit, but I really want more people to do it and to hold these properties. Cause I, in 25 years will be old and saying, remember when you could buy condos for under a million dollars? Already like, doing that. <laughs> it seemed like they seem so expensive at the time, but now it's just like, oh, I wish I would have bought 10, you know? Yeah. So anybody that's uh, that's young enough that can buy one and, and, and get a tenant paying for paying it down or, or at least part of it, like you say. Um, yeah. If they can do two, three, four, five of those. Those are They're going to be worth five, $10 million dollars. Uh, you know, have net worth and positive income in, in 25, 30 years. Yeah. And I think it's a really, it's a really great, um, you know, I've, I've read a bit about the groups of, of people who are, you know, they're tenants, they're renting, but they get together, you know, five or six people invest in a small property, rent it out for a while, um, you know, invest in another property as a group. And they're only just investments and they rent because they can't afford to buy a house for themselves, but they can afford to invest in the, in the market with a small group of, you know, whether it's friends or just a like-minded people, you know, there's definitely ways if that's where you want to invest your money, there's definitely ways to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know if it's, you know, I, you know, I know we all look back and go, damn, I should have bought 10 of those. Totally. <laughs> But that's what it'll be in the future too. Everything seems really expensive right now, but I guarantee in the future it'll uh, it will yeah. be seeing the same thing about today. I keep telling, yeah, you sort of keep so many. Um, my assistant is really young. She's she's uh, well, you know, I'm going to buy tons of property, and I'm like, okay. She's like, all my friends say that you can't afford property. You just can't afford property. Nobody's going to ever be able to afford properties, and I think there is this. Uh, this idea that you can't, you'll never be able to afford properties. And 
um, you know, as young people, they're like, it's, it's just, it's so far out of our reach. But then, you know, to afford my first property, I remember, like, I don't think I got my hair cut for like two years or like, I never got, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like the sacrifices that I made, like I, you know, ate pretty, pretty, like I didn't eat out. I didn't, you know, we used to, there was a whole bunch of us in the same building. It was a brand new building. And we'd all just bought our first apartments and they were like literally like between a hundred and 150,000. And now I just laugh at that, but we were all kind of, you know, house rich at the time we felt how rich I was rich. And, but, but we, none of us had any money. And so things, we all had these mortgages to pay and we had to pay property taxes. Oh my God. Cause they were all our first homes. So we used to have these parties together and, you know, it'd be really cheap. We'd have these little, you know, potluck parties. And that's kind of how we entertained ourselves for about the first two years. Cause we were all just kind of catching up to paying that big, that big down payment. And it's, it's funny. Cause I see, you know, some of the, um, some of the, the, my employees that I, you know, they get their nails done every week. They get their hair done every couple of weeks. They've got brand new, like $3,000 purses. Like they spend more on their shoes than I spend on, you know, and, like, and I'm like, that's your problem. <laughs> you have to curb your spending if you want to save to buy something. But I think there's just a different, I don't know. There's feels like there's a bit of a different attitude, um, my dad always sort of, you know, old world Italian immigrant. And I think there's a bit of a different attitude with, from that kind of, uh, from that kind of upbringing then, uh, and you didn't do the extravagant things and you, you know, you, uh, you suffered for, to get ahead. So I suffered sort of for a couple of years. Yeah. A long time, Maybe. actually. <laughs> Maybe young people just don't care as much anymore. They get other priorities. They do. I think there are other priorities and that's okay. And I think that's why, you know, and I think they have to realize that that's okay. If that's your priority and you just want to be a tenant for the rest, like it's, it, that's not a big deal. You know, people have been doing it in New York for years, right? They've like for decades, no, people didn't, don't own in places like New York or London or San Francisco. Everybody's, everybody's a tenant. They all rent. They all have different priorities. They don't, uh. I don't young know. people don't appreciate though, even myself when I was younger is the the power of time. Mm-hmm. You know, it is so powerful if whether it's compounding interest or, or paying down a mortgage or whatever. Um, if you just start sooner mm-hmm. than later, um, time will take care of itself and it'll make you look like a genius if you've bought real <laughs> estate guaranteed. <laughs> and I want that for people. I want yeah. them to achieve yeah. financial freedom. You know, I worry that if you prioritize nails and handbags and restaurants and stuff, uh, that in, in 10, 20 years, that time yeah. flies by it's and a, then you're not so young anymore. It's a very quick reward, quick to reward a uh, society we live in. I think now, how do you get people to think long-term? I don't, I think looking backwards is a good way to figure yeah. out the future in a way. If you think about, you talked about your dad and, and yeah. his perspective on things. Yeah. I mean, sort of. I don't know how you get people to change their way of thought of, of thinking. I think it, I think it is, I think it is in our upbringing. I, I think just, it's looking backwards, you know, cause yeah. looking backwards, time flies for everybody. It does. And, um, and that gives you some perspective on how much it will fly going forward too. But it starts to go faster as you get older. And when you're 19, 20, 25, it doesn't seem that it just doesn't seem that fast. You don't think as- time's flying yet? Oh, it's been flying for years, but for you, <laughs> for, for me. me too, but not for a young Nick over <laughs> but there. But when you're 25, <laughs> is it flying? No, is I remember. I remember 25, that. When you summer like you felt just, like forever. It felt, yeah. Like when you're a kid, it feels like forever. Everything feels like forever. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, man. So yeah, if you only just start, you know, just something, it totally. doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be. You know, it doesn't have, it's just a small gesture and it's just a small amount every month and it, it makes a difference over time. But yeah, again, that's not, that's not the reward that people are looking for though. Is it the long game reward? Yeah. Um, not most people, no. most people are short term. It's getting shorter and shorter. It's getting shorter and shorter. Right. A 12 year old boy his his, uh, time horizons about five seconds. <laughs> I can't keep this phone out of his hand and you just and, swipe in. And his that's attention span it. It's like so your attention spans have like, 
they're getting very short, mm-hmm. right? With the the whole, you know, I need, you know, just laugh after laugh after laugh or, you know, new video or new thing. Like, yeah, just, I'm not can, above it either. Yeah. I can, I can lose three hours in Twitter. Oh, like no, no problem. Yeah. It's terrible. Oh. It's doom scrolling. <laughs> it's just the worst. Yeah. You just get haunted by all what's going on in the world and. Yeah, uh, I had to stay off of Twitter. I have to stay off of Twitter because it scares me. (laughs) It's a good idea. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. And I I just, I think that like sometimes I'm like, how much of this is really true? How much of this is. Well, I think it's true. Propaganda, bots, and things that are like making things sound worse than they really are. And I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. I guess things that are written could definitely be that. Um, um, But there's a lot of video and a lot of sort of real evidence, but there's always nuance and perspective and, and uh, context that's left out of those short posts. But yeah. And politics, which makes, you know, skews the angle that the, yeah. The writer is. Uh, he was really popular on Twitter. Is that Pierre Polivier, the the leader of the conservative party. There's this interview uh, recently that I saw where he's munching up an apple. <laughs> and there's just something about eating an apple uh, that's just so disrespectful or nonchalant or something like he's just taking huge sloppy bites out of this apple while this, this reporter's asking him aggravating questions. That's and, really weird. And it makes his responses to the questions just seem so like dismissive, you know, yeah. because he's as focused on the apple as he is on the, on the reporter. And, uh, but it's come off like. I'll have to look for that. See, it, now, now I'll yeah, get, I'll get you stuck in. there it's, for a little it's while. It's actually quite viral there. I saw a clip from, uh, an Australian, uh, news broadcast that was showing it and having a good laugh and <laughs> thinking there's hope for Canada. Maybe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I, I just, yeah, I don't, is, is it even called Twitter anymore? X. X. Yeah. yeah. I don't really, I don't pay attention as if I, if I don't have to look. It's um, going to transcend just the, the news sort of source that it is. It'll become like, WeChat is to the, is to Chinese. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with WeChat? No. We, we use it. We have an account. We use it in the condo marketing business. And, um, but, uh, for in China, they do everything on WeChat. There's, there's payment plan. There's, you pay for things. You, you talk to people, obviously you post your, your social media stuff. You look at what other people are doing. Like it's an entire, uh, ecosystem. Um, and that's the direction that, that X is going to go. Oh, it's probably a good opportunity. You know, it's just, it's, it's uh, if you make things more convenient for people, um, browsing, shopping, paying mm-hmm. everything in one place that people will probably do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I guess they will. Won't they? It's just too easy. I try not to shop online too much. Really? Good for you. It's so easy. How do you not do it? I can't even leave Amazon. I bought some bike parts recently off a company in Toronto and wanted to return them. And it was just too hard. I just gave up. I just keep them. <laughs> I don't really want them, <laughs> but I just like, it's just too hard. I, I'll never stray again. Yeah. I don't know. I am. Um, I uh, try and stay offline as much as possible. I'm on my computer all day long and um, I read a lot. That's good. Good for yeah. you. What are you reading now? Oh, I'm reading some weird epic Viking tale that is so completely different from what I usually read. So, but I've been caught up in it. It was like the seven book series. This now it's now diverted into like a different seven book series, which is kind of loosely and it's, it's yeah. Guilty pleasure. Yeah. I've never, I, I was really addicted to, um, historical novels and, you know, things that are, um, that was, uh, that was kind of my, favorite genre for a while there. And then, um, with, the what is it called? Uh, Kindle unlimited. There's just, there just wasn't like, just wasn't a lot of choice one day. And I was like, I'll just try and read this. And I just got hooked and I've been, and it's like 14, are you kidding? 14 books. I'm finally on the last one. So good for you. You know, what's cool about Kindle <laughs> unlimited. I wasn't, I have it, but I wasn't using it. Mm. And, and Amazon, um, who owns Kindle, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they just messaged me and said, we've, we've paused your account. We see you're not using it. So we just stopped the payment. I thought that was like wow. pretty decent of them, you know, for, really a, for a billion dollar company. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. 
It's probably because people like me, I don't know. I'm surprised they haven't said we're going to stop because you are reading too many books. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's awesome. We have a book club at work so that we can pay people to read, you know, 25 to a hundred bucks per book. And uh, we can see what each other are reading and sort of find out who's, who's, just getting like, their guilty pleasure on with their Viking uh, <laughs> romance or whatever. And, and, and people like me that are obsessed with, um, you know, business books. Oh yeah. Um, you know, we can start to, you know, read them in common and, and, mm-hmm. and talk about them and what we learned from them. Takeaways, oh, that's um, a great idea. our language or lexicon of, of sort of um, things we talk about when we're sort of fine tuning the businesses and, yeah. yeah. So it's cool. not like everybody has to read the same book. Everybody reads their own. No, there's a, it's there's a, a financial encouragement to do it. It's mm-hmm. nice to pay people to read, but most people don't read, you know, take up's been hard. I just had a meeting this morning with um, two members of my team thinking, asking about the book club and what's going on with it and just trying to breathe some life into it because uh, mm-hmm. just out of kids nowadays, nobody reads. So you're a reader. I read. Yeah. yeah I read. Right. I've read hundreds of books, maybe yeah. 200 or something. I don't I know. I don't even want to look at my Kindle account. Yeah. It's probably thousands. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on my fourth Kindle because I, I managed to break them. <laughs> so <laughs> the first one I had forever. The second one I dropped in the bathtub, reading a Kindle in the bathtub, not a good idea. They have and waterproof ones. Now. The rice thing doesn't work. Well, now they have waterproof ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then what did I, I drop kicked the other one. You know, when you drop something and you're walking and you kick it and yeah, it went Because you're mad or because you tried to. No, just because I tried to. No, but yeah. it just. I was, it hit your foot. It just hit my foot and it hit like my, I have a solid rock fireplace, which did not quite get along with my Kindle. So <laughs> I'm on the fourth one now. And so, yeah, I, and when they break, it's, it's like, I, it's not a good day. It's like you're, if you took your phone away from your 12 year old, that would be, that's you. That's me with my Kindle. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Yeah. So anyways, and then I have to remind myself, I have the app on my phone and the app on my computer so I can read without my Kindle. So what about your tablet? Do you have a tablet? Um, iPad? No, I don't. It works on there too. Yeah. It's just got that glossy screen, which isn't as good, but still pretty good. Yeah, no, I have a, I want to read these remarkable things. I like those. Yeah, they I've have seen a, more and more of those. Yeah. There's like a What do you love pen. about it? Um, I always have a notebook with me and I'm always taking notes because. So now you have that. Now I have that. Yeah. And then you can, you can file them and search notes and stuff. So you can find things that you were talking oh, about so or. Tempting. Yeah. So I like it for that because I've always, I've always, no, I've not always been about 10 years ago. I realized that my memory was not as good as it was when I was was 20. So I used to have such an amazing memory. And then for some reason, I think just so much in my head and age, and whatever the reason, um, I started to write everything down because I stopped forgetting i start forgetting things i stopped mm-hmm. i stopped remembering the the details of the day and sort of did i do that yesterday or did even today it's like oh no like my receptionist like she ordered my lunch and i'm like no i ordered my lunch <laughs> that means somebody has to go get it like it's a, i couldn't remember and it was it had only been about 40 minutes and your brain's full. I just got, I, I was just doing so many things at the same time. And so then I can't remember what I was doing. So if, if I write things down and I'm, while I'm doing them, especially well, when it comes to work and important things, obviously, um, I'm not going to write down, you just ordered lunch, although apparently I have to, um, then yeah. And that I remarkable just, is nice. It's got a nice pen on paper feel, mm, I'm told. Very pen on paper feel. It's very, I always use the calligraphy pen. It makes my writing look really pretty. Um, so it doesn't look like a mess like it usually is. So. Oh, so tempting. I don't need any other devices to charge or anything, but. No, you don't. And the one thing about it that sucks, I will say, is it always, it, it runs out of charge really quickly. It takes forever to charge. Oh. So. That's the only thing. Okay. I'm out for you. You're out. Yeah. So no need for that. That's not going to work for you. No. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's good. Well, thanks for taking such good care 
of my properties and making my life easier. I appreciate you and your team. Yeah. Just do great work. How do people uh, that are interested in making their life easy and having their investment properties well taken care of, how do they get a hold of you? Um, just rentwithadvent.com is our website or vedapm.com for multifamily or commercial or commercial. And, um, multifamily is really where our forte is. Residential rentals is what we do mostly, but commercial always kind of comes as a, as a pair with that. Um, and I'm really enjoying the commercial now, which is something, um, yeah, it's not something I ever really thought I would get into, but I've, I'm really enjoying it. So our property manager has commercial, um, a lot of commercial experience and I'm learning a lot from him. So yeah, it's been really fun. Cool. But yeah. Just uh, rent with Advent or Veda PM and um, I'm pretty easy to find. No doubt. No. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks Thank for you. coming. Thank you.